0: Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this is, is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com.
1: That's right, John. This week we are talking about the time when Xbox turned down the chance to make a Marvel game. What? What? I know. I know. You
0: mean Xbox Crazy. could have also had like a, a a an exclusive Marvel game similar to Spider-Man on PS4 and five? Apparently, uh, I don't know. I don't know why you pass up that. It seems like it seems like a seems like a miss. We'll talk about agreed, it.
1: Agreed. <laughs> agreed. Yep. Yep. Um, and we're gonna go over all the things happening this weekend uh, in the entertainment world because there's a lot. Uh, but first, John, what have you been up to this week?
0: Oh man, so, uh, a couple of things. The first one being, remember how I talked about that the 3DS eShop and I've been just like just just constantly ringing the bell of the if the 3DS eShop is going away, get everything in. Well, I got sucked yes. back in into a game that I purchased a long time ago called Pocket Card Jockey. Oh. Um and so I've talked about this probably like three, four, five years ago. I don't know. On this very podcast about how this is Game Freak. So this is uh, the Pokemon developers. Uh, one of their kind of offshoot random like small games that they uh, that they have released. They kind of do these like experimental type games. Um, and this is a game of solitaire and horse racing. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I got sucked back in. Because what I didn't realize at the time, whenever I originally played this, whenever it first came out that there are secret horses that you can unlock and a whole like series with which you need to like unlock those horses where it's like, okay, okay. You unlock this like special, like fire horse with like a fire mane, Right. Um, and then you uh, you win a specific type of, like, uh, category of race with that horse. And it unlocks the next horse in the line, right? And uh, and so on and so forth, like, as you go down. And, and so I've been working my way through that whole campaign of, like, hey, you know, let me try to unlock all the horses in this thing. And it is, uh, it is a very addicting and very, very fun game. And which um, one is this? Pocket card Jockey is where... Basically, the story of it is you are a horse jockey who gets in an accident and bumps their head. And then now you've been brought back into you know, horse racing. But rather than racing horses, like you are, your performance is dictated by how well you play solitaire. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, remember, I remember you telling me this now. And, uh, and so you're playing solitaire, by say solitaire, it's not like what you think of as, like, Microsoft solitaire, or even, like, spider solitaire. It's basically just, like, cards going up and down in number. Like, you ignore the suits kind of altogether, other than you have uh, a certain number of them in the deck. Um... And so like you go up and down to try to get rid of all of the cards on your screen. So you go two, three, four, five, six. And like, you know, whenever you get to a one where you can't break, you press the, press the, the deck and it shuffles out like another, another card for you to potentially use. Um, and if you get rid of all the cards, you race better. Um, and depending on how your performance is on each of the rounds, uh, I guess it's basically like each turn and straight away. So on a straightaway, you have a, a, a round. On the turn, you have a round um and uh and so on each of those those specific places you play around of a very fast timed solitaire and uh based on how well you do that's how well your horse runs and so you have to for this campaign for for the kind of unlocks you have to specifically like ch- choose specific horses and uh whenever they're presented to you and then whenever you win with that horse or whatever, you get the chance to once they go into retirement to choose a different horse that progresses kind of the storyline and unlocks these different archetypes. So some of the archetypes have like the like I mentioned the fire main before. There's like a really like emo looking horse. you know there's like a cyborg horse and uh, so like there's there's lots of, lots of interesting and, uh, and cool archetypes that you can kind of unlock via this campaign. So uh, just been playing that having, having a blast playing that. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's um awesome. if anybody hasn't gotten that game yet, go get that game on the eShop, man. Just everybody go go pick up that game because it will be lost forever. It's a digital only release. And I don't see Game Freak or Nintendo ever releasing that on a future platform. <laughs> so go pick up that game if uh if you haven't. And you can do that via uh uh, uh, uh Nintendo eShop cards uh at this point. That's that's the way that you uh load up your 3ds with with funds um but yeah so i've been doing that and uh what have you been up to this week though chris oh um so
1: uh this week um so i have a i have a pick of the week that i'm gonna talk about in a second but me um, too me too but uh i really haven't been up to a ton other than my pick of the week so okay
0: well then it's time for pick of the
1: all right john so um my pick of the week this week is a game that you talked about a long time ago but i just now recently got into because it was on uh xbox but it's yoku's island express yes uh it's a it's a uh a, I would say a puzzle platformer, but with the mechanics of a pinball game. Yeah, it's like it's almost like a Metroidvania esque <laughs> thing, you know? <laughs> uh, kind of, yeah. Like uh, the the main the main piece, like I guess, conceit of the game is you're a, a mail carrier and you're 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 kind of like going around and like doing different tasks all, across the island. And the main way you traverse the island or unlock different places is by um, playing and Completing these little like it's almost like pinball mini games yeah. all around the uh, the the map, and uh, it's got a kind of a cool little story. I will say like I love it. Um, the I think the only thing that like frustrating piece is like it's not always like it's not always clear how to mm. get to certain places. Sure. Or, yeah. Is, is my is my biggest uh, my biggest frustration with it now that I'm you know probably like I think probably four or five hours in. Yeah. Um. I mean I've unlocked, unlocked a lot and and like the, I think the other thing that's kind of frustrating is they they send you back to, like across the entire map several times and I'm like. Good grief! I was literally just over there.
0: Yeah, that's the uh, Metroidvania aspect of it, like the retreading, like backtracking to go to a different path that you passed on the way, and like having a new unlock that can allow you to get there. That's what I mean by that. It's not like, not like the other kind of things of a of Metroidvania in in the like upgrades and things like that. Like they're not necessarily yeah, substantial upgrades, but right. it's like it's just the unlocking and backtracking of this uh, of well, this I'm gigantic like... 2D map.
1: Some areas they do it. They like they do a right where like okay, you play this this uh, pinball puzzle, and then they you like if you spend you, you're collecting f- fruit across the whole thing, and that's basically yeah. your currency that you use to unlock different um, paddles and stuff like that. But like, like there's a few times where you'll go through an area, make it through, and then you can use fruit to unlock a um, basically a a, a, a shortcut. Like, yes. So you can bypass the entire puzzle, but like not all of them are like that.
0: Right. That's right. the,
1: that's the frustrating. That's, that's really the only frustrating thing, but like o- overall, like really, really fun game. Um, uh, I mean, not, not super low stress. You can just kind of chill out and, you know, play some pinball. And, Dude, it's so uh, relaxing.
0: Like, and the music yeah. is super chill too. Like, it's like, i it got this kind of like, you know, Island, uh, Island vibe to it, which is really cool. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's a really cool game. Oh, and uh, it, the reason that it's pinball is you you're a dung beetle, but rather than rolling around dung, you're rolling around a pinball.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're carrying around. Yeah, what are you carrying? You're carrying around this. You're carrying around a ball.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's a pinball. Like, but you are you're a beetle, and you're you're rolling it around like a dung beetle, like walking around on top of it, rolling it all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Which is great. And and you can get like um at a certain point, I don't know if you've reached that point, but you can get like different um like skins for Colors. the actual yeah, yeah, for the ball. I
1: so I ran into that, but then I don't remember where where I could change that at because I didn't have the ability to do it yet, like or yeah. like the 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 right currency or something.
0: Another like that. one of the one of the key, you know, tenants of a of a Metroidvania. Encounter something where you can upgrade and oh wait, I can't I can't actually do anything <laughs> with this yet. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm liking it. I uh, it's it's my pick of the week. Um I actually should have talked about John I, I forgot. And I, that's not the only thing I've been playing. Uh I've also been playing uh, I played through the first uh, chapter of Trek to Yumi.
0: Oh dude, I've uh, I I'm about halfway through that game.
1: Oh, it's good. I like it so far.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you uh So for me, what I play, I'm playing on like the, the medium difficulty and I feel like I might have enjoyed it more if I had lowered that difficulty down just a little bit, Mm. um, because some of the, uh, some of the, um, it, it relies heavily on like timing. It's, and it took me a really long time to figure out exactly like what the different timing of the enemies and things like that is, which I think is the intent, um, but it was, it was one of those things where it wasn't like, I didn't have fun. I feel like for the first chunk of the, of the, of the combat mm. where I was like, I love this aesthetic. I love the what's happening story wise here, but I feel like occasionally I'll run into an enemy and just not be able to do it. Yeah. I mean, I,
1: I've encountered that, but like nothing to a huge extent where it was frustrating. I'm on, I'm playing on medium difficulty as well. The second nice. one up. Um, and, uh, like I think that they they sp- or they, they sprinkle the checkpoint system like little shrines mm-hmm. out enough. So so basically so for people who are who are listening, um this is like a samurai um side scroller kind of whenever you get into combat, combat it's, it's side scrolling. Um a samurai sword fighting game. It's almost like a brawler kind of esque kind of thing, only with weapons. Um, and then uh, it's all in black and white, stylized, um, set in Japan. Uh, super, super cool vibe. Um, your city or your, or your town gets attacked. At least that is the part I've played. Your town gets attacked mm-hmm. by some bandits, and you got to defend it. You can you can like parry, um, kind of like you can in, in any kind of like of those like sword fighting games. You can parry. Um, you have heavy attacks. You have like low, high attacks. Yes. Yeah. Um, Where where
0: you're directing on your um on your stick like your control stick, yeah, it helps a lot. Like based on um some of the enemies, like some of the enemies are like, oh well, I'm gonna swing high, but you swing low and you get there first, you know, or whatever. Like there's there's that element of it. So.
1: Um and so uh yeah like along the way they have these little shrines where you can basically. Re- restore your health because there's no other there's no like you don't pick up like health packs or any way to right. restore it doesn't it doesn't naturally restore over time you hit the shrine and the shrine restores your health as well as saves your progress and so at least so far through the first chapter um there were enough shrines sprinkled throughout that i mean if i died i just respawned right before that battle now right they, i don't know if they spread them out more later
0: uh, occasionally game. and but like yeah, no, it, it's, that's that's kind of how it is. Like, it's it's not like I haven't encountered anything at the halfway point of the game. I haven't encountered anything. I think I'm on like after chapter four or something like that. Um, uh, they haven't I haven't encountered anything that's like egregious. It's just like the, there's been a couple of enemies. I think starting in I think chapter two was what I had the most trouble with. Mm. Um, where it was just and maybe it could have been just, I was out of like just tired or like just wasn't like feeling the rhythm. Um, it could have been user user uh, error as well. Um. Mm. So that's what I was curious about. Like I was just wondering, like, hey, you know, did you did you run into this trouble too? But like, I think it's it probably was me. Um, but genuinely, like, can you it looks like uh, a can Kurosawa. you lower the
1: difficulty in the middle of it? Ooh, that's a good question.
0: I, I, mean, I don't if think, you're
1: having trouble with it.
0: I know. didn't try. I didn't try. I at this point in chapter four, by the time I finished, I was uh, I was doing great. Okay. Um, so like, it got either easier or I got better or like some combination of both. But there was a time where I was like, I was like, man, I if this wasn't so gorgeous, like it, it literally just looks like a Kurosawa film. Um, if it wasn't so gorgeous, I, uh, I, and so much of a of a cool kind of vibe, I because it's all black and white. Um, I don't know that I would have like forged ahead with it.
1: <laughs> if what? If it wasn't? If like it the, wasn't
0: so gorgeous. Like if it yeah. wasn't. If the aesthetic wasn't so cool, I probably would have been like, eh, I'm good. Yeah, I think it just has a really
1: cool vibe. I mean, I I don't mind it. At least, again, so far it has not become like you know tedious at all for me. But maybe it does later on. I'm not. I'll I'll keep you updated.
0: Let me know. Let me know. And I'll I'll uh, I'll probably finish it at some point in the next week or so. And uh, maybe we can talk about it. Maybe we can nice. review it.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, what is your pick of the week?
0: My pick of the week this week is a, a another podcast. Um, that was actually, it was, it was shared with me by a, uh, by a listener, Patrick, uh, a dedicated listener to this very podcast. And, uh, whenever we had mentioned, uh, tabletop role-playing games, whenever Cody was on the podcast, um, Dungeons and Dragons specifically, um, but Patrick has been doing a, Podcast with like as a uh, a beginner to Dungeons and Dragons, and they're recording some of their sessions. And so uh, so he sent it over. They've they've finished three episodes. I, I've or at least I've listened to the first three episodes, and it's really good. Uh, it, it is uh, it's basically four people that uh, that are new to the tabletop role playing game scene and are uh, learning and working their way through the uh, some Dungeons and Dragons. And the thing that as I was listening to it, I was like having fun listening to it listening to the different like personalities and the different characters interact with each other and uh, and I was looking forward to each episode as they were coming out saying, what's gonna happen next? what's gonna happen next but but one of the coolest things was I was sitting there thinking, man, this is like, this sounds fun, and it actually is is fairly approachable. Like the stories that they've got going on in in here, and the the way that they play those characters, and like the the learning that happens at the table, um, makes it feel a lot less daunting than I thought it was in the past, which is really cool. And so that's led me to reach out to the people that we know that play, um, which is uh, Cody and our friend JJ, and uh, and say, hey. If you're open to it, I would love to join your game, uh, sometime. And uh, so, I at this point, I have you know, we've we've talked, um, and and chatted, me, uh, Cody and me and and JJ, and we have we've created a character, and I'm going to join in a campaign. Um, nice. So because because of this podcast called the Fledglings RPG podcast, because of that podcast, I am now going to embark on my own journey into uh, testing the waters of a, a Dungeons and Dragons and uh, campaign. So nice. All um, right. All right. So, so your pick of the week is the podcast is the podcast. So if nice. anybody has had any interest in like, Hey, you know, what's that like, but it's a little intimidating or whatever. Like I would just say, listen to this podcast and be like, realize, Hey, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. It seems pretty cool. doesn't seem super as intimidating as maybe I thought personally. Um, but yeah, so it's it's uh Fled- let me see. So it's F L E D G E L I N G S RPG. Um Fledgling's RPG. I think it's uh, let me find the the actual like link tree. They have a link tree. Uh, but it's at Fledgling's RPG on the social medias and then the link tree is I believe it is Linktree Slash Fledgling's RPG, yeah, it's super easy. So anyway, so Fledgling's RPG, everybody should give it a listen. Like I said, they're through three episodes, which kind of brought them through a, a first like kind of big, big enemy, big boss. Like this was like the the end of like the first play session or whatever. So uh, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun listen. Nice, that's awesome.
1: All right, well, uh, my pick of the week was um, Yoki Yoku's Island Express, and yours
0: it's... The Fledglings RPG on all your favorite podcast services.
1: All right, so real quick before we get to the main um, segment, just want to make sure everybody knows uh, what all's going on, going down this weekend. So we've got a lot of a lot of things happening, John.
0: A lot um, of entertainment that is like hitting rapid fire all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh,
1: and so the first one is. Um, I want, so I was trying to figure out where, yeah, screen X is what, okay. Um, so Top Gun comes out this weekend and, um, I am hoping to, there, there are, I have two options, John. Um, I kind of, I want to go see it in the screen X. That's that screen that we talked about that has like the screens on the sides where it, like,
0: extends the, the screen somehow? Uh, extend, have you not seen this? I thought we talked about this on no, the podcast. No, we, we did talk about this. But, like, yeah. I'm trying – like, it's – is it like those te- televisions that, like, have projectors on them that, like, project extra stuff on the sides?
1: No. It, well, I mean, it projects it projects stuff on the walls so it okay. fills your peripheral. Yeah, yeah, um, Uh So, I don't know. I, like – I feel like this is the kind of movie to, to try it in. There's, hmm. I, the, I also kind of want to try it in the 4DX theater where it's – you know, the chairs, seats move and they spray smells and stuff like that in your face. <laughs> oh, and, you know, just like jet fuel, hopefully. Yeah, I was about to say that's,
0: that, is not, that is not something.
1: Ocean spray, maybe.
0: Maybe the ocean spray, but like, dude, like, Clouds. The, the jet fuel is not a, a scent that i want pumped into my 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 no i doubt they're
1: gonna do jet fuel
0: i i I, I don't who knows
1: i don't know that's the thing i don't know until i experience it i have no way of knowing
0: here's what i want you to do i i i I want to know what they pump in so i'm gonna vote for that one as much as i would never do that one (laughs) all right Uh,
1: oh okay that one that one specifically well i mean maybe i'll go see it twice and let you know how both of them are
0: what if at the end of it you're like, man, that jet fuel was like really, and they're like, we didn't pump any jet fuel in there. Uh, yeah,
1: I don't know. Uh, so you know, uh, it's it's uh, also in IMAX theaters, and uh, I think it, well, it was it was shot in IMAX. That was one of the big things is uh, that they were able to get the uh, IMAX digital cameras inside the cockpits with mm. the uh, the actors, and so um, I think that of all the movies that could benefit from this, though, I think that because you know you're flying around the seat's tilt you know i feel like i don't know yeah yeah if anything's yeah. if it's if it's going to enhance any any movie it's going to enhance this one sure and
0: sure
1: like what i don't want though is to go see it first somewhere else and then know what to expect you know mm. like i kind of want to want to surprise me at like and just kind of experience it that way
0: i mean then do it you you've made your you've made your decision i feel like that's that's the you know oh yeah oh yeah that, yeah. that feels would, like that's uh, the right call for you you know yes
1: yes yes i'm gonna i'm gonna try it we'll see what happens i'll let you know um <laughs> i am skeptical of both of them but we'll see
0: <laughs> uh <laughs> Chris, all these fancy, fancy things—I don't know, man. They all seem seem like 3D, where it's gimmicky. They're gonna, you know, you're gonna come out and you're gonna be like, I don't know, I don't know about that.
1: Maybe. I mean, hopefully they're, they're better than 3D. Is my my hope. Yeah, you hopefully know, like,
0: they don't. It's not like wearing sunglasses but that's while you thing, you're watching like, your cause, movies. Because I
1: think about like the Dolby Theater. You know, like on a, on a, a surface level, the fact that the seats shake uh, seems pretty gimmicky. But then you you watch movies there and you're like, hmm, this actually is way better than it not shaking because you feel like you feel think you feel like you feel things more like, and, and after a while you just, you don't even notice it. That's like, I think that that's, that's to me like the problem with like anything like 3d or something like that. Like if you, if it's like so apparent that it takes you out of the experience, yeah, you know? So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah.
0: I do think that like whenever I saw like, that's Commission, why I think the
1: peripheral one might be better in general,
0: man. I see. I feel like that would distract me having like, having a blurry like blurry half like blurry image on the sides like would i don't know you're well, going to I report back report back chris like so maybe after the first 5 minutes it would be fine um i don't know that's interesting That's interesting you're going to have to let me know the 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 seat vibration thing i do remember the first time like it was uh, i think it was mission impossible one of the mission impossibles like uh back in the day um and like during the the trailers, the previews, it was like super obvious because, like in the tra- in the previews, like they just do like the 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 very very um, extreme low end where it's a boom, boom, you know. And so there was just like shaking, like you know, constantly during some of those buildups in the trailers. But then, like whenever the actual movie happened, it was like you just forget about it, and it feels like those those punches that are vibrating in your seat, like whenever they were, you know, having. Having the fight in the uh, in in the bathroom with uh, with with Superman <laughs> and Tom Cruise, they uh, you know it was just enhancing everything. So oh yeah, yeah. the so punches as as,
1: you know you feel the punches.
0: Yeah, as long as I can forget about it, like and just it just basically heightens the uh, the 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 overall sensations of of intensity. I feel like then it's fine, you know. But if it's obvious, like 3D, where you're like, "What is this?" Yeah, um, yeah. it's uh, it's 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 annoying to me.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll let you know. Uh, the other thing that's coming out is the first uh, is the first or first two episodes of Kenobi.
0: That's a good question. I hope it's the first two, um, but I think it's probably only the first.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, anyway, that it comes out. Um, I wonder if I can look it up on IMDb real quick.
0: Yeah, like figure out how many episodes. That comes out on Friday um, and probably at like 4 a.m. on Friday. Um, so I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm not sure if I'm going to wake up like ridiculously early and watch that on Friday or if I'm, you know, if I'm just going to let it happen. So Okay, um, yeah. Um,
1: oh, on Friday, the first two episodes drop. There's six episodes total. Cool. So pretty short season. Um, and uh, I'm excited about it. Also on Friday, John, Stranger Things season four, chapter one drops. And um I was looking this up on uh on IMDB and it looks like so this is the first half um it looks like this the first uh seven episodes are dropping all at once
0: which didn't they only have like 13 episode seasons most of the time in the past mm, let me look and see what
1: three was three was eight episodes
0: okay, but this Two is like basically at
1: nine.
0: This is basically the same length as a normal season.
1: Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, uh, it's it's like actually, so it's more. Like they were saying, like some of these um, some of these episodes run uh, longer, like two two plus hours.
0: Yeah, like these are
1: these are like individual movies.
0: So you could see why they would want to split it up and like release it in two batches.
1: Well, like at least what's on, and what's crazy, what's on IMDb right now. Uh, chapter two right now just looks like it's just eight and nine
0: so just two more episodes
1: yeah but it, i like i don't know how long they are
0: huh interesting that's i, mean, I don't know for uh, wh- sure
1: they're grayed out so they might not even have them plugged in here yet yeah you know I
0: mean? yeah, yeah well i mean they may they may only have referenced to those two at all you know where it's like oh yeah, yeah. um yeah, interesting. So whenever it all comes out, we'll have to see. We'll have to see like how how it all works out. Like it's it's just interesting to uh, for them to switch it up like this um, in, on season three. And I, I kind of, you know, I like I like it whenever creative people are able to do and like you know crews like that are able to do what they want. And so seems like right. they're able to do what they want.
1: <laughs> right. I, I just love that like the episodes are super long. Like, uh, I mean, it's gonna be crazy.
0: I don't know. Like some of the long episodes on, on that show in particular uh, have been like some, like felt like they drag a little bit. Um, really? Yeah. To me. But like, like, so wherever I see a long episode, I'm not always like, Oh man, this is amazing. uh, Like I am with, uh, with other shows, but then, you know, that's, that's just completely anecdotal to my experience too. So (laughs) yeah. Uh, Is that it? Is that all the things? I believe so.
1: I didn't miss anything?
0: I don't think so. Not that I... I mean, those were the three things that we had talked about. Okay. Three big things, Chris. It's
1: exciting. All right, John. Uh, our main segment this week. So this is uh, something that happened... It says May 23rd, so a couple days ago. This is uh, a, an article on Game Informer written by Wesley LeBlanc. Uh, Xbox declined offers to offer to make Marvel games according to Marvel Executive. Executive Vice President and head of Marvel... Games, Jay Ong, has revealed in a book that both Xbox and PlayStation were approached about making Marvel video games, but only one of the console makers accepted the offer. We know that that that, that is PlayStation. Um, PlayStation uh, had the exclusive Spider-Man franchise and an upcoming Wolverine game. And over on the Xbox side, you won't find any new Marvel games developed by an Xbox studio because according to Ong, the company declined Marvel's offer, opting instead to focus on its new... It's own IP. Um, The book is called The Ultimate History of Video Games Volume 2 by Stephen L. Kent and it houses an excerpt where Ong explains the deal and how it led to Marvel prematurely terminating a contract it had with Activision games, Activision to make Spider-Man games. Which they were making a ton of Spider-Man games there for a while. Yeah. Um, Marvel was unhappy with Activision's Spider-Man titles and the two companies came to an agreement to end the licensing deal early. Ong said that Activision then asked him, what are you going to do with this IP after you get it back? Ong said, I'm going to find a better home for it. To which Activision replied, good luck finding your unicorn. Whoa.
0: Dude, Uh, Activision, man. What in the world?
1: As we now know, that unicorn wasn't going to be Xbox because it turned down the offer. After Marvel Games reached out asking, we don't have any big console deals with anyone right now. What would you like to do? PlayStation, however, a bit. I sat down with these two execs from PlayStation third party, Adam Boys and John Drake, in August 2014, in a conference room in Burbank. Ong said in the book, uh, he said, or I said, we have a dream that is possible that we could beat Rocksteady's Batman Arkham franchise and have one game at least and maybe multiple games that could drive adoption of your platform. PlayStation reportedly responded by asking to make a console-exclusive Spider-Man game that turned out to be Marvel's Spider-Man, released in 2018. Um, it reviewed well, sold more than 20 million copies, and spawned Mar- Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, and a sequel to both in the form of Spider-Man 2, now in development by Insomniac. So, um, I, you know, the 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 fact there's that... Another, there's another line here. So, plus oh,
0: Insomniac's uh, Spider-Man success likely led to them oh, yeah. getting to develop its Wolverine game as well.
1: Yeah, and like, and I'm and I'm less concerned about like, I, whatever, like what PlayStation did with it, that's fine. I mean, we we think it's a, I mean, it's, it's a great it's game, an
0: awesome game.
1: Yeah, that's not really the the piece of news. It's more of the headline that they focus in on that I think is the most interesting is that I, Xbox declined to make Marvel games, and the line to focus on their own IP intrigues me. Considering I don't feel like Microsoft has had a ton of original IP come out in the past few years.
0: Have they? I mean, like, if you just, if you look at, like, okay, they had had Halo, they had Forza. Like, we haven't started seeing It's just Halo and Forza, isn't it? Basically. I mean, you know, we had Sea of Thieves. Like, that that was a long time ago. Like, we've had, like, these other Grounded, and, like, there's a lot of games that they have, right? There's a lot of IP that they have. But, like, we haven't seen- much of it, and none of it has had the, the cachet of, like, a Marvel property. Um, and I realize you have to pay for that, right? Like, you have to pay for that cachet. You have to pay for that license. Um, it's not like, you know, that it's... It, it, it could be, you know, from a financial perspective, more beneficial to do your own IP and make way less on it uh, monetarily than it is to license it and, you know, have more sales or more, you know, mind share. But, like, man that that, like it just seems like such a missed opportunity and the reason i bring up the wolverine thing is that like it wasn't it's not just we're not just talking about one game now we're not just talking about just spider-man we're like oh yeah spider-man's exclusive to playstation you're talking about spider-man and then wolverine now
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: so now two gigantic marvel ip are are wrapped up in the competitor because Microsoft decided not to, not to bite. So like, that just seems, it just seems like a business miss to me.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, I agree. Like, and I guess, you know, they have to like balance, like, okay, what studio would you give this to? What are they working on? What does that actually compromise for the future? Sure. I guess my, my only, my main like thing is like, we ha- Microsoft has a crap ton of studios right now, mm-hmm. and we don't know what they're all working on. Hopefully, maybe this year E3 or, or you know whatever the replacement of E3. I'm just gonna keep calling it E3. Yeah, at, at, you know, like uh, maybe this year we'll find out what a lot of them were working on. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it's been like some Forza games, a Forza game, no two two Forza games recently. Yeah, two Forza Horizon games in the past three years, and uh, Halo.
0: I mean, we have Redfall, the that's, the smaller that, stuff. Redfall, that vampire-type game that's uh, that, that somebody on the, one of the Bethesda studios is working on. Um, we've had... <laughs> so funny funny thing here, I just remembered, we've had Bethesda's uh, studios do uh, Deathloop, but that released on a PlayStation platform, like as a PlayStation exclusive. Um, so like that, but that's, a, that's an IP, that's a new IP. But like, I don't know, but they didn't own Bethesda at the time. Um, mm mm-hmm. And so I don't know it's just it's a hard one man cuz even at the time like you think about the number of IPs that they owned at that time whenever this conversation would have taken place I can't think of a single one that is like has anywhere close to the level of like mind share of any Marvel uh like you just pick a random like m- one of the Avengers, you know and <laughs> it's like that that has more um mind share with with players and gamers and people outside of even gaming um which all seems like that like aligns with Microsoft's goals it's just why didn't they bite <laughs> what, what for what reason
1: yeah um, I mean I'm, well and this is the thing like. I'm. I'm also not sad that Sony got it because we got an amazing game, and Insomniac was the right studio for that franchise, and that and that could have played into it too, where they're like, hey, you know, like, well, we don't have a studio that would be good at what. Yeah, you know like you're possibly describing here
0: well and then also like you if you're microsoft the way that microsoft seems to run you know so many of their studios is they basically let them work on you know the things that they think are cool you know where it's like they try not these days try not to micromanage a lot of of ip and so like to all of a sudden be like okay that thing that you want to work on that dream project that you're working on put it aside you're working on you know Captain America game, you know, it's like, that would be, that just, that, that doesn't seem like a Microsoft of, of under the Phil Spencer era, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I don't, we don't really have like this. Was, I just thought this was interesting to yeah. talk about. And like, it was interesting that, um, uh, Microsoft would turn down that. I hope that what the, what that kind of like, it, I don't know, one doesn't necessarily do the other, but hopefully leads, uh, means that like. We're we're gonna be getting be getting some really cool um, original IP from Microsoft, you know, in the next few years. I mean, all these all these studios have to be working on something, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I think the fact that they delayed two of their big things to the following year to like 2023. Now I feel like this year is a good time to go ahead and like announce and release some things in the same year. If you, uh, if you can, if you can pull that off, yeah. um, because Starfield and, uh, and Redfall being delayed uh, into the following year is, is a kind of a big gap. You know, you figure people subscribe to game pass, assuming a certain amount of value for each year that they subscribe, Um, and if they don't get that value, eventually people are going to be like, Hmm, what am I subscribed to this for? So, um, so yeah, they've got to have some, some, some pretty cool things in the pipeline, uh, to turn down a, a Marvel deal. I, uh, like you said, like the, the Spider-Man games, like that was like the perfect fit, uh, Spider-Man and Insomniac, like that, that feels like such a, a home run. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: All right, John. Well, uh, this is uh, that's it for this episode. Um, next week, uh, hopefully we can review one of these uh, shows or something like that. Um, maybe Obi-Wan Kenobi. Dude, uh, I'm so
0: excited about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I've yeah. been watching some of the Clone Wars, like things that they suggested on their Disney Plus thing, and there's some interesting stuff in there that they are having us brush up on that I am curious if it will show up at all.
1: <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Some uh, Baylor
0: Ghana us- episodes, which is very strange. You know, he's he's around. He's 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 rocking it. You know.
1: Uh, yeah, both both him and um uh, Mon Mothma.
0: That's right. That's right. So so yeah.
1: I don't want to know anymore, John. So don't tell me. Okay.
0: Okay, I won't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: you can find us online at StayOnTargetPodcast on social at Chris Wright two five zero and John Wright seven 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 and at StayOnTargetPod. Please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on Target. Target.